Welcome to podcast Ally. My name is Ninku Malda and I'm one of the account leads here, which means I work with some amazing people to get them on shows that speak to their audiences. And one of these amazing people is Annie Schusler, who was my client last year and was also here today because she's the host of the Rebel Therapist podcast. So the Rebel Therapist podcast is the place where Annie shares stories of people creating unique and innovative businesses beyond traditional practice. She was a therapist herself before becoming a business coach and podcaster. So the show is tailored to therapists and healers. But I find that many of the episodes have advice that could benefit any caring entrepreneur. Annie goes behind the scenes with her guests on how they run their businesses, throwing out the numbers and the tactics that they use. And they go into a whole lot of different topics related to business and moving beyond traditional practice. So today is an opportunity for me to ask her to give us a behind the scenes look into her own podcast. And she'll also be sharing her do's and don'ts for anyone who wants to pitch themselves to Rebel Therapist as a guest. I'm so excited to have you here today, Annie. Thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to the show. Thanks, Dinka. I'm so excited to talk to you. And it's really cool to hear that intro. Of course, you know, I like hearing you talk about me, but also it's so accurate and it just shows how well you already know me and know my business. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that you were one of my favorite clients. So uh. <laughs> I always really dived into all, all the things you put out. So I'm really happy that I got it right. <laughs> yes. So to start off, I'd love to go a little bit back because five years ago you started the podcast and it was then called the Therapist Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this when we worked together. I researched a little bit and I found this, this name come yeah. up. <laughs> and what I'd love to hear from you is what was your inspiration then to start podcasting? Back in 2017, I knew I wanted to grow my audience and that I wanted to have a way to engage with people differently. I was blogging every week for a long time and I was getting tired of it. <laughs> and I'm definitely a podcast listener. I'd been a podcast listener for years. And so it occurred to me, I could either write a book or start a podcast. Those were the two things I was thinking about. I definitely made the right choice for me and for my business goals. And then from there, I luckily discovered that I really love podcasting. I can definitely relate to that. Here at Podcast Ellie, we're also all big fans of podcasts. And I can mm -hmm. imagine that having a business, finding the right way, something that you think is fun and that kind of agrees with what you like to do every day. But I think you should write a book as well. Okay. All right. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. And I think it would make more sense now. I think podcasting really makes more sense for nurturing consistently and finding my voice, finding my message and getting into a lot of conversations. There's nothing like it in that yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I listened to an episode on your podcast that's a while back when your sister interviewed you and you oh, mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was a really great dynamic, I think, as well. And you mentioned there that Claire Pelletro's podcast, the Get Paid podcast, was also an inspiration. And now that I know that, I can really see it because in your podcast, you also take a really deep dive into therapists and healers, their business models and how they work and what they charge, etc. And I also know that you were on her podcast a few weeks ago. So it's kind of coming full circle. I'd love to ask yeah. you, what was it like to be on that podcast and to talk to someone who inspired you to start up your own? Oh yeah. It was such an honor. I hired Claire as my coach last year and wait, was it last year? It was really just the beginning of this year, but so I hired her as my coach. And so by the time I was on her podcast, I had had a bunch of conversations with her. So I don't know how I would have done if I was just talking to her for the first time on the podcast. I don't know. I might've wet my pants. But it was really surreal. It was interesting. And the things that she asked me, I think this is always true when I'm on a podcast, the things that she asked me were not the things I expected to talk about. Mm. And I love that. So I felt very much like I know what she wants on her podcast because she's really clear about it. She wants you to be an open book about your business. And so I like had my books open. I was just like, okay, I've got my numbers. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right. I'd love to go back to your own podcast because you've been publishing episodes for five years, which is amazing consistency. I think in that time, I'd love to hear from you if there's anything that has surprised you both about the podcast and where it went, or maybe an episode or an interview that really stands out. One of the really good surprises was that I have consistent energy for the podcast, that it's one of the things that I stay excited about. And I'm always thinking about what I'd like to have happen next on the podcast, who I'd like to have on, what I'd like to provide. You just never know with anything you're doing, if it's going to have legs, if it's going to stay interesting to you. So that's been wonderful. And then also that there was a pivot that I didn't expect. And so you mentioned it when I changed the name of the podcast from Therapist Clubhouse to Rebel Therapist. That was, I believe it was after two years about, maybe a year and a half. And I just wasn't sure how that pivot was going to go. I was pivoting from serving therapists who wanted to build their private practices more traditional businesses for therapists into really focusing on helping therapists move beyond private practice. And in that pivot, I just really didn't know what would happen. If I would lose a lot of people, if I would upset a lot of people by, you know, abandoning them or doing something different, but it went really well. I kept it on the same feed and I remember one of my friends, Cat Love, told me as I was making that decision, should I start a new podcast or should I keep it on the same feed? And I remember they said, there's no right answer here. Make the decision and don't look back. And it turned out for me that just making that pivot and making a big announcement about it went really well. And that was kind of a surprise. You thought it could go either yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And in kind of the same line, like, is there a memorable interview, like a guest that really, really made an impression? I mean, okay. It's like, I can't ever pick favorites because each person brought 
something that I really needed people to hear. And they were each really vulnerable. One that comes to mind right away as just being very special was Sonali Rashatwar and having them on the podcast, their Instagram handle, I believe is the fat sex therapist. They just do such cool work in the community. And I wasn't sure they would say yes to coming on the show. And not only did they say yes, but then within the first few minutes, this is just really good for my ego. They said, I'm a listener. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and so that was a really exciting moment. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why weren't you sure that they would want to come on your show? Well, because they have a really big audience and... I guess that's it. They have a really big audience. And I wasn't used to yet that most people say yes. I've had very few people say no. And what I now realize, which you probably already realize about podcasting is people want to be on a show, especially if they can tell that their story is going to be respected. Even people who have a pretty big audience can see there's an opportunity there to you know, have a conversation they want to have and to have some listeners who are pretty dedicated tune into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we see at Podcast Ally as well. It's such a beautiful platform, right? A medium yeah. to share your story and to have a real conversation and have the time to have a real conversation and speak to a different audience than your own, even if yeah. it's maybe smaller than your own. I think it also speaks to the way your podcast is, like the conversations are really kind and heartwarming and open. It's about numbers, of course, but it's in a, a really kind way. Can I say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thank you. I think that's what you bring as well. And you were talking about inviting guests yourself. So one question I wanted to ask you is what's kind of the balance between guests that you invite yourself versus the ones that approach you that pitch you? I would say at this point, it's 99% people who I invite. All right. And I basically almost never accept pitches anymore. And part of that is, well, we can get much more into it. But part of it is that at this point, I only do 12 to 13 guest interviews every year. So I've, you have enough, I've got a sense of like, you know, who I want to have a conversation with. I saw you were starting to do Ask Any episodes, like more mm -hmm. solo episodes in the last year. Yeah. So now my rhythm is every other episode is a solo. And why did you choose that? Is it like logistics, like easier to, to manage it? Or what was the thinking behind it? I realized that there's a different opportunity in doing a solo episode. I often make them pretty short. But there's this really different opportunity for me to say, here's what I think. This is my approach. I was actually just outlining one that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. And it's kind of my opportunity to get super bossy and clear about like this upcoming one is going to be what's the order you should do things in, in your business. And so I just get to really rant and say, you've got to do this before you do that. And I'm ranting to people who are there on purpose, so it's okay, but it's like a great opportunity for me to 
have a place where I get to say what I really want to share with people. And then that allows the conversations I have with people in the interviews, I'll still give my opinion, but I can much more focus on them knowing I'm going to give my own business thinking in my solo episodes. And that helps people understand how I think. And that actually helps them decide whether they might want to hire me or not. Because if they agree with my rants, then we might be a good fit. And if they're like, whoa, I completely don't like what she's saying, then they would know not to hire me. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that that's <laughs> great. And it's also what you say, like in the interviews, you can really focus on the people you're talking to without needing to maybe show who you are as a business coach. But you did start with guests. And mm -hmm. I'd love to hear from you. Why did you start with guests for the show? What was the thinking behind that? I remember when I was building my own private practice, building my business, I felt like other therapists' businesses were these black boxes. And mm. until I was able to get my revenue up and get my systems in place, I felt like I was just kind of trying to figure things out. And I didn't feel like I could ask people. It just wasn't something that you talk about. Like, how much do you charge? How many clients do you see? What's your cancellation policy? What's your schedule? All these kinds of things I was just dying to know. And there were very few people who I could ask these questions. I did hire some business coaches and that was really helpful, but I also just wanted to hear what do people actually do? And so then when I became a business coach and started helping people build their practices, I really wanted to provide that for them. So I wanted to be able to ask a whole bunch of therapists, what do you charge? How many clients do you see? What do you do when this happens? What do you do when that happens? And just ask the questions I had been dying to hear. And I was still dying to hear. Kind of an excuse to really ask the questions that you couldn't in another yes, way. Yes, yeah. exactly. I love that. I think that's the great motivation and a great reason to start inviting people. And I saw that in the first few episodes, you have some really big names within the therapist niche, right? Some of the hosts of other therapist podcasts, etc. Were these all already connections of yours or were you reaching out yourself to get them? They were already connections. I think Lily Sloan was the first person I had on and she had a podcast. I don't remember exactly, but I really like Lily. And I was probably so curious about podcasting because I was starting <laughs> podcasting. So they were people I was already connected with And some of them, probably most of them, were much smaller names in 2017 than they are now. Yeah, we've been pitching you to some of those shows. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> right? Tiffany McLean was one of the first guests. She's so awesome. And she's totally blown up in the last five years, of course. I'm interrupting this episode because I know you're here because you want to leverage podcast interviews. Maybe you're looking to grow your network or bringing new leads, or maybe you've been invited on a podcast and you're looking to get more intentional and proactive with reaching out to podcasts to suggest yourself as a guest. And most likely you're listening because you're looking for some help. Either you want some help with your messaging or just brainstorming the right podcast to reach out to. Well, you're in the right place, my friend. 
Our podcast planning intensives mean you don't have to do it alone. They're led by senior members of our pitch team who are working with podcasts every single day. And me, which means you get two extra brains working on your podcast outreach and the programming. We'll work with you to identify which podcasts will bring you closer to your goals and write up your own personal pitch scripts for those shows. We'll help you put together a plan to leverage every interview, and we'll give you the context you need to book those interviews. Plus, we support you as you start that outreach process. Sound like a dream? Come on over to podcastally.com forward slash VIP to learn more about our podcast planning intensives and to get the help you're looking for. That's podcastally.com forward slash VIP, where you can find all the info and book an intensive. Now, let's get back to the show. Talking a little bit more about guests and what makes a good guest, because you said like 99% you invite yourself. So what makes a guest for you, for Rebel Therapist, a great guest? What are the kind of things that they need to bring to the show? The most important thing is that they're willing to talk about their business. So they're willing to talk about how they make money, how they've built their business, how they bring in participants or clients. They don't all necessarily share numbers that sometimes comes up and it sometimes doesn't, but they're willing to share the process of what goes on in the business. And they also don't have an agenda of something particular that they're there to teach. That's mm -hmm. really different than some podcasts. And I listen to a lot of podcasts where people come on and they talk about the book they just wrote or the thing they're an expert on. And I love it. My podcast, I don't want to do that. I want to do something different. I think it was you who came up with the term case studies, that really what I'm doing in my interviews is case studies. Like I never have people on, or almost never, I guess I've done it a couple of times, but I almost never have people on to teach about something in business as an expert. I really want people to come on and just talk about what they're doing. And that's also inspired by Tara McMullen, who's one of my mentors and her podcast, What Works. She doesn't really tend to have a lot of experts on to talk about their thing. She has them come on and talk about what is working for them. And that's really what I want. It's almost the opposite of what some podcasts would be looking for. If I sense that someone has a spiel or like a thing they talk about every time, I'm like, Are you willing to not do that? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I don't remember me coming up with case studies, but I can see how <laughs> it's really different from others. And also, I know that in the last year, when you weren't our client anymore, I remember bringing some clients to you. And the first question you ask us is, are they willing to really go into the back end of their business and share all these details? So I think you're really yeah. clear about what you look for in a guest as well. Yeah. yeah. And like Ray McDaniel was someone who you introduced me to and they came on and have a whole body of work that they talk about, but they were willing to come on and just talk about their business. And then they were like, this is fun. I don't usually do this. And that's like a perfect guest, someone who's willing to change gears and do that. Absolutely. Yeah, they are amazing. I think we can link mm -hmm. to that episode of you oh, and, cool. and Ray. That would be cool. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about the pitches you receive. You've said you reach out to a lot of people yourself, but I can mm -hmm. imagine that you also receive a lot of 
pitches for your guests that want to be on your show. Yeah. Um, how many pitches do you receive in a given week or month? Gosh, I would say I probably get at least one every day. Really? Okay. Yeah. And is there any memorable guest pitch, either a good one or a bad one? So most of them I ignore. I've got like, we love your podcast. And then they say something that clearly has nothing to do with my podcast. And they might mention an episode, but they don't know the podcast. And then they say, we think so-and-so would be a great fit. And they could teach your audience about this marketing tool. And they are an expert on this marketing tool. So it's just really clear. That's not what I do. I actually have now an automatic reply to all my emails. And one of the things it says is if you're pitching to the podcast, you'll only hear back from me if I want to follow up. Because I used to feel like I have to write back to everybody and I don't want to spend my life writing emails. So those are really typical and no hard feelings. I just know they're not the right fit for my podcast. And then the ones that will stand out as, oh, maybe this could work is if somebody is writing, saying I would be open to talking about my business. It's pretty rare that somebody writes a pitch like that. And my listeners, they should pitch me because they know what I'm doing and they should pitch me more. Now that we're talking about this, I could actually ask people, hey, if you're listening to this and you are this kind of person, I would love to have you on. They don't have to have a perfect business. In fact, if they've made mistakes, they'd be willing to talk about that could be interesting and helpful to people too. I'm always trying to teach people these certain things about business and I want to use examples. Examples are the best way, I think, to teach anything. Yeah, I think so too. I've listened to your podcast a lot, but I'm not sure if you've done this before, like have episodes with your coaching clients, like you see yes. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of that. And sometimes I don't mention it. Often it comes up, but I don't focus on that. I love everybody I've coached and I love interviewing them because they know what we're about to do is go into their business. Yeah. I remember one episode where you went in with someone into their retreats. I remember from that episode that you really went into like, how did you organize it? How did you do it? How did you set up the lounge and everything? Mm -hmm. But one thing that I found so remarkable is that they set up the retreat, but they left a lot of open, clear space for the participants just to process what was going on. And yeah. I thought so, some nugget like that can be so helpful for anyone who's thinking about setting up a retreat. And I think that's also the power of your episodes, that they're really into one specific question or topic and they read someone who's thinking about the same thing in a really direct way. I think that was Krista, Krista Harrison. And yeah, she was so great bringing why she created it, how she created it. She was just an open book. All right. I think anyone listening to this episode will know what you're looking for in <laughs> Good Pitch by now. Yeah. <laughs> I have one more question then about your podcast. How many weekly or monthly downloads do you have? Okay. So in September, I had... 8,700. In August, I had almost 12,000. That would be like a big month for me. That's great. And it comes out two to three times a month because it's every other week. So it always depends a little on that. 
Oh, right. So some months it might be three and then the numbers are higher, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you mean. Yeah. And has it been growing a lot? Like, have you seen like what was a big growth moment? I have my records in front of me from just the middle of 2019 forward. <laughs> and it's grown a bit since then. Then it would be in the 5,000s, 6,000s, but it's gone up and down. And I think the biggest growth happened in the beginning. Like in the first year, there was a lot of growth. And now I would assume that there's attrition. You know, there are people coming in and people going out. I think of it as a nurture strategy, nurturing people rather than bringing tons and tons of new people to me. And I'm really happy with that. So I think of it as similar to an email newsletter. It's like a way for people to find me little by little, but then mostly to engage and learn something, see if it's a fit. I think that's definitely how a lot of people connect with their future coaches or mentees yeah. or service providers, right? It's a mm -hmm. really easy way to really get to know someone. And I heard you say this before, and I have it as well. Like sometimes people already think they know you because they've listened yeah. to your podcast. And for us working with people, we always check them out really detailed, right? I've, I mm -hmm. listen to your shows. I read everything that I can find about you. And then the first call or the first interaction we have, I always feel it's kind of interesting because people think they know you because mm -hmm. they read. And I can imagine for you as well, like you're really open in the podcasts. Your voice sounds already so familiar probably to new clients. Yeah, there's that weird catch-up moment, right? I know I've had when... I'm starting to meet someone personally. Like I just talked about Claire, Claire Pelletro. Like I've been feeling like I know them, but they don't know me. And there's that beginning stage of catching up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think what you do really well on your website, you have your podcast there and you have the feed there in a really organized way. Like sometimes you have people will have a list, which could also work. But in your case, it's like three episodes at a time and it kind of gets this roster where you can see 12 or 18 topics at once, which really shows all the things you care about and you teach about. So it becomes also really visual what you're about and what you're teaching. And I think that's also a really good way to integrate it into your website. I'm glad to hear that. Random compliments. But. That's really helpful because I have thought about what's the best way, but you know what? If it's not broken, I'm not going to fix it. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I, I'd love to talk with you and kind of to conclude this conversation with you is the fact that you took a two month sabbatical over the summer mm. to Italy. As soon yeah. as I say it, I can feel my mouth watering just thinking about <laughs> all the food that you've eaten. How did you keep the podcast running? Were you able to fully let go of the podcast or were you still checking your feed? Like, is everything going according to plan? Are the episodes uploading or something like that? Yeah, I just planned way ahead. I knew I was going to be taking this sabbatical for a long time. And so for months and months ahead of time, I was just getting ahead on the schedule so that all the emails written, all the social media posts ready to post. My editor, <laughs> my editor is my kid and he was on part of the trip with me, but he did do some work from Italy, but I didn't. It was automated enough that I barely checked. Like, I think there was probably one time when he was like, you forgot a link here and I need you to fix this. But mostly I just really pre-prepped everything. 
And I highly recommend it. It was a lot of work to get ready for, but it was a completely different experience to be able to just let go of it and be on my trip. I can imagine. Yeah, I love that you're working together with your kid on this. Yeah, I can only imagine the interactions you have about your podcast and just being connection and creating something together. That must be a great experience. It is really cool. We have a very low conflict relationship just as who we both are as people. So it works. He's been doing it since he was just about to turn 14. And so now he's 19 but not every 13-year-old would be a good fit because there could be a lot of conflict and angst. But with him, it's been really easy. Well, and also to be working on this almost every week, right? Like for a 13-year-old, I can imagine they have a lot of other things on their minds as well, right? Yes, but he also likes getting paid. So it works well. (laughs) That sounds also like every 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So I know you have an eight-week course for therapists and healers to help them launch their signature program. That's the course you've been running for a long time already. I was wondering if you want to take some time to tell us a little bit about this and where people can find you. Oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah, so this is for someone who's a therapist or a healer or really a service provider who has very strong ethics about wanting to serve people. And they want to take their work into some kind of signature program online. And so that could be a retreat or a workshop or a course. And this is a program over eight weeks to take them through the entire process of niching, coming up with a very viable niche that's not vague, that will attract the right people, and then create a simple program for those people and then get the word out and start selling that program. So over eight weeks, we only do exactly what's necessary to make that happen so that people can have an early win and get started with this expansion. Great. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. And I should say the URL, which is rebeltherapist.me slash create. Perfect. So if you are a therapist or a healer or a really great service provider who cares about what they're doing in a bigger way. Do go and find out more about Annie's course on launching your signature program at rebeltherapist.me slash creates. In addition to that, I highly recommend everyone to go and subscribe to Rebel Therapist on whatever podcast player you're using. Also, as I said in the intro, if you're not a therapist or a healer, it can be an amazing show because Annie gives advice that can benefit any entrepreneur that's caring. So please go on and subscribe. And also maybe it's just me, but I love your voice. It just relaxes the hell out of me. So (laughs) another reason. (laughs) Thank you, Annie, so much for joining me today and giving us a behind the scene of your podcast, Rebel Therapist. Thanks, Ninka.